We're about making everyone happening. Ha- happening? Happy. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas, your guide to the roller coaster of emotions that is FCD fandom. Whether you're a seasoned FC Dallas fan looking for analysis or a new fan trying to make sense of what what happens with FC Dallas, uh, this is the podcast for you. Today on the show, we'll be discussing uh, a little bit of news and so the FC Dallas's 2-0 lost to Sporting Kansas City as well as touching on North Texas SC and the upcoming schedule here to go over it all, all of it with me, Jonathan Ross. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going pretty good, Dustin. You know what? Uh, you know what this sound is? It's the sound it's, of a start of a good podcast. And also, check my watch. It's open. Also, it's also the, the the sound of me opening a beer because I think we're gonna have a little bit of fun tonight. Yeah, should be should be a good time. Uh, and you know, I'm sorry to to relinquish you from the the host duties from last week. I'm sure the podcast listener is very happy to have me not on host duties this this week, but hey, whatever. There will, there will be a high likelihood of 100% more puns in this this podcast. That's right, 100%. All right. Uh, also joining us is uh, from the fresh out of the lab, uh, Nico Nico Mendez. How's it going, Nico? Doing pretty good. As you said, I am fresh out of the lab. It was. Uh, Still trying to get a grasp on what daylight is and everything, you know. <laughs> you got, After doing those night shifts and night FC Dallas lag. games, and for and, the for those new listeners, uh, Nico was not recently cloned. Um, he just happens to work <laughs> oh in my a lab. Goodness. <laughs> Straight from the lab. He's, Welcome, he's Nico. Our, yeah, I, I guess I, I we do should physics. Yeah, yeah. We should we should clarify that really quick. <laughs> I do physics. <laughs> the, the meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My well, goodness. Well, you know, I, I bet you the regular pod listener would be wishing I was back in the lab, considering how this past game went. Oh, yeah. Nico shows up and uh, – or Nico disappears and FC Dallas goes on a winning streak. And he shows back up and there's the end of that streak. <laughs> and, and, and technically was a not losing streak, but as okay, an FC fair. Dallas fan, that, that almost feels like a winning streak these, this year. So <laughs> We'll take what we I, can get. I get that. In the best interests of the club, I am ready to resign. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of taking what we can get, uh, the Hunts are taking what they can get from uh, other European con- European clubs. Jonathan, you want to walk us through the latest FC Dallas European departure? Yeah, yeah so Dante Seeley's uh, trade to PSV is officially official official. Um, that's right. It, it, so they, he's gone for a two-year loan. Uh, PSV does have the option to buy uh, within that two-year period. Uh, as part of that, FC Dallas also extended the contract they had with Sealy. So they added um, on top of the two-year loan, there's actually two years of club options. Um, the FC Dallas will own uh, Sealy's rights for if for some reason PSV doesn't make the uh, the the choice to to purchase him. Um, so a good piece of business. I think we all kind of saw that coming. Uh, another guy who got some limited minutes with uh, FC Dallas really didn't have a good opportunity to to make it into the starting lineup or get significant minutes, and he's 
now moving on to a club where I think that he's going to hopefully have a bit more opportunity. He did get a goal for FC Dallas before he left, though. He did get a goal for FC Dallas, and, and uh, there was a, a beautiful celebration in front of the supporters groups, and uh, everybody was happy. And I guess, uh, you know, at least he can knock that off of his uh, his soccer bucket list. That's right. Score for your hometown club, and then see ya. And then one other thing I, I want to do, like, just to throw back, is something I, I planned to mention in the in the last match, um, just around the the Austin game and some of the the supporter group culture that was on display. So I, I mentioned Uh-oh, the last tread, podcast. Tread here. <laughs> I, I mentioned in, in, the, in the last podcast that uh, the first half was kind of a snooze fest. I think from both clubs, based on what was happening on the field, I think they were both just trying to keep the keep the ball slowly work it up. You didn't really see a lot of activity on the field, and it kind of. Uh, made the the ambiance and the crowd and some of the excitement kind of die down um in the second half uh it's probably one of the most fun matches as a fc D- dallas kind of attendee participant in the in the stands and i don't know if you guys would have been able to see this on tv i know when i went back and watched couldn't really catch it but uh during the during the first goal for fc dallas uh, austin was doing some sort of uh, they had a, a big group of supporters there probably I don't know, 1,200, 1,500 people that were there in the uh, the north east side of the stadium. Um, and when that first goal happened, uh, they were waving flashlights in the air. I think they were doing some sort of a, 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 a chant. I have no idea what it is. It was uh, kind of unique. Um, but uh, once once they did that and, and got scored on in the middle of that uh, that little chant, the uh, – the rest of the the fans, though the FC Dallas fans, uh, also lifted up our our cameras with the light on, or the our our phones with the light on, waved it around, kind of to to mock them. Um, it was a a nice uh, nice bit of fun, and I think that even in the uh, during during the the the, the second goal, it kind of happened again, and uh, it was probably one of the first times that I've seen not just the supporters groups at the at the stadium from SEL's perspective really get into it, but also, you know, across the whole the whole stadium. And it's something you really couldn't catch on TV, but kind of there in person. It was uh just kinda kinda fun to kind of stick it to the Austin FC uh, newbie supporter group members who were there uh watching the match. Yeah, always always good time to stick it to to in state I guess we're they're not rivals yet. We'll just call them I wouldn't uh, s- no, they're definitely not rivals, um, but uh, interstate, interstate teams. That's right. They're 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 close by, and who knows? Maybe in a maybe in a few years uh, they'll become rivals. I know. Obviously, there was a lot of uh, talk on social media, as you expected before the match, um, and the group was actually was actually pretty good, well behaved. I didn't see any reports of things happening before or after the match between the different supporter groups or fans. So I think overall it went, went pretty well, but it was, uh, it was pretty funny to, to watch the fan interactions and, uh, to see the FC Dallas fans kind of, I don't know, mocking the, the Austin FC fans when they got scored upon. That was, uh, yeah, it was a, a, a good <laughs> moment. And I meant to mention it the, the last match, but I, I, I forgot to you. Well, uh, I think, I think I tweeted before, or I guess it would have been Saturday that I would much rather beat Sporting Kansas City than any of the other Texas teams. Uh, but unfortunately, Sporting Kansas City came to FC Dallas um, and and got a win off of off of Los Toros. 
with goals in the twelfth uh, minute from Alan Polito. Uh, FC Dallas tried tried to come back, uh, couldn't couldn't do anything, and Daniel Shallowy uh, put him away in the sixty third minute. And uh, there's that's how it ended two uh, nil Sporting Kansas City. And as as somebody who really doesn't like Sporting Kansas City or anything that they do on the field. I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed. FC Dallas weren't a way to put weren't able to put them away, but Sporting Kansas City is top of the West. So I mean, it's not like they were an easy easy opponent. No, and and I think that you know you started off. We were talking about the uh, whether or not you know Austin was a oh my gosh, I forgot the rival. Word. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Words are hard, guys. <laughs> Whether well, awesome was it? What, are you sure that's your first beer that you just opened in there? Uh, see, uh, no, I'd never said that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think one of the things that you could see going into this match is that that Peter Vermees was very much taking this match seriously. So uh, not only did he rest his starters during the the was it Nations League match that happened on League two cup, leagues, Nation leagues, what is League, League Cup? cup. League Leagues. Cup, whatever it is. Uh, we're just going to call it the made-up Nico tournament. Nico knows. Yeah, Nico knows all things League MX. That is true. So what's it called, man? Leagues Cup. Leagues Cup. But all it's right, not see. like all League MXs. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> cool if it was. Oops. E- e- either way, we could we could see that, you know, not only did Peter Vermees decide to play, uh, you know, a, a significant Wrote significantly rotated team for that match against uh, against Lyon, but then they, when they came to play FC Dallas, uh, they didn't make any substitutions at all. I think it was one in uh, in extra time. So Peter Vermees Vermees definitely wanted to get these three points against FC Dallas. I think they're a bit embarrassed by losing to FC Dallas a, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I think. You know, SKC definitely was taking this match seriously, uh, and I agree with you, Dustin. They're, they're much more of a rival than Austin, and honestly, probably even more so than uh, than Houston is. They're more of a rival than Houston. Austin isn't a rival yet, or will will be a rival. So you're predicting no rivalry there ever. I mean, it's it's like when your little sibling keeps poking you and says, "Hey, hey, hey." Hey, and then you get mad at them, and then they're like, eh, "I'm gonna go tell mom." It's, it's that situation. Well, for the time being, and let's look at like that's going to be the case with uh, Austin down to the now down below FC Dallas in the tournament in the table. So. so, so Dustin, going back to the SKC match, was there anything big that you took away from that match? Yeah. Um, it's for me. It's the it's the return of the inability to put the ball in the back of the net when given the opportunity in front of goal. Um, that inefficiency that's kind of plagued FC Dallas throughout the season, um, whether it be some confusion or um, some inaccurate shots or just some bad luck. Uh, FC Dallas had a little bit of all of that in this in this match. They hit the post three times. Uh, one of the balls like was literally inches from going inside than in, going in. Um, it may have, we'll never know. Um, then that was, that was, uh, Shun's, Shun's shot. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it, there were plenty of other opportunities. FC Dallas just wasn't able to put away. I'm thinking of 
Kenyon's wide open net that he put pulled uh, wide right of the of the of the goal and uh, um, the uh, the I was looking at on Twitter. There's the game flow uh, XPG, the game, game G plus game flow uh, chart of of the match. And I, I try to retweet these after every match. Uh, so if you if you want, you can just go follow us at Dallas Soccer Show. And it will you can just see it right there, and I'll I'll retweet it, and you'll see it. But uh, looking at it, like the the XGs FC Dallas had it was like one point eight, and which is good, but the goals was zero. So um, you know it's good that they were able to generate opportunities, which is a problem they also they also have suffered throughout suffered with throughout the match or the season, um, but. Um, you know, the, those inefficiencies are back and let's just hope that they can write the ship and, and change that back to the way it was when Nico wasn't on the pod. I mean, more than happy to more than happy to go semester starting up again. So rip normal <laughs> sleep schedule and work life balance. I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather get to hang out with you, Nico. I, I, I need the break. This is good, <laughs> <laughs> but enough therapy hour. I mean, we did say we're the guide for the roller coaster of emotions. So uh, the, now we're a guide for our own roller coaster of emotions. Um, Jonathan, anything stick out to you in the match? Um, there's a there's a couple of things. So one was, I mean, you, you mentioned the the missed opportunities um, from from FC Dallas. They're really going against a, a really tough team, right? With SKC, now, this is this is the the first opportunity they've. You know, FC Dallas, all they've they've picked up a couple of points um, against tough opponents. For the most part, it seems like those opponents have been shorthanded in some way, uh, and uh, this was an opportunity where SKC really came in. You know, and uh, between Shallowy and Polito and Russell, they're probably you know one of the strongest front three in the league. Uh, and I think they, they proved that. And I think the, the couple of goals that they got were really well taken shots, especially the, the first one from Polito, which was, uh, to me, I can't really point and say there was a significant defensive mistake. It was just a well-placed shot. Right. Um, but I mean, there's, there's two big things for me. One was captain Matt Hedges back in the starting lineup again. I think first time since, uh, I think it was back in May was the last time he started, uh, so he's he's been been gone for for a while. Uh, obviously, you know, Brisson uh, has has done a lot of the the filling in as well as uh, uh, Tafari. So we haven't missed him as much as we thought that we would have. But this was a good opportunity for uh, for Hedges to come back, kind of prove he was ready. Uh, you could tell by the end of the match he was starting to get a little bit of tired legs. So we'll see if uh, maybe there's some rotation midweek uh, for for the club, but. You know that was that was a great takeaway, um, and kind of one of the other things too was just starting to see uh, how uh, Lucci was going to play the midfield. So uh, Edwin Cirillo, you know, got another start which he did on the road against SKC. I think he looked pretty good, um, but you know, in the last two matches, uh, uh, is coming at halftime, and it seems like it's it's helped pick up the intensity of the midfield. Um, but Acosta has really been sitting a little bit deeper than he had, I think, earlier in the season before he went out on international break. So um, an, another good takeaway, I guess, is just to, just to see uh, Acosta back in there uh, making a little bit of a difference, maybe not uh, being as 
visible to a fan just looking at it. But I think that uh, if if you see how they performed the last two two matches when he came in the second half, the team seems to pick up a little bit more of a, a momentum when he's there on the field. So um, I think seeing those two guys back out was was great. Obviously, you know, we wanted to see three points for the club or even one point for the club, but, uh, you know, missed opportunities didn't uh, didn't allow for them to, to make that happen. What about you, Nico? I think both of you summed it up pretty well. It was a game of just missed opportunities and missed chances. I mean, FC Dallas getting the hat trick when it comes to hitting the woodwork of the goal, <laughs> both hitting both posts and the crossbar. So, I mean, that, that's some pretty good accuracy right there, but it... The ball really didn't bounce Dallas's way when it came to, in terms of goal. Um, but I mean, if you're an FC Dallas fan, I don't think you should be necessarily too worried about just kind of how that game is. Um, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, if kind of want to balance it out between these two games that FC Dallas has had against Sporting Kansas City in what a little about two weeks. Um, it's three points from two games, one being on the road, one being at home. That's probably something you would hope for as an FC Dallas fan. Um, maybe not just the way that it came, but uh, kind of taking a step back and looking at it. it. It's it's really nothing to be too worried about. I think maybe there might be a little concerns if by after the RSL game, Dallas is kind of back to that unfortunate, oh, we're drawing and not doing not being competitive at home or on the road, then maybe there might be a little concern. But Dallas's play overall wasn't bad. It was just kind of a well-coached game by Peter Vermees with his team. And having players coming back from international duty, like you guys mentioned, is a big help. And a guy like Alan Pulido really kind of occupying both in Kosi and Matt Hedges, drawing off defenders right there. Um, you know, SKC sat back a little bit and decided to hit on the counter and on those two goals that they had were just really well executed plays. Um, you could argue that FC Dallas was a better team, but a loss at home, unfortunate since it's uh, the loss in over a year, but really for me, nothing to worry about in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I'll agree. I mean, it is, they are the, the leading team in the West and they, they are not, we, we all know FC Dallas is not, as good as them, uh, and um, it's not. They, they didn't have a bad showing by any meaning, so like, I'm not super concerned. Um, but I would like to take the time uh, to call out several other possible explanations for the loss. Um, one, I'd like to call out Garrett Melser and for and Gina Miller for really harping on the fact that uh, it was the first or the FC Dallas hadn't lost in what 18, 19 games. Uh, yeah, I think Garrett, the, Garrett tweeted that it was going to be over a year um, since FC Dallas had lost at uh, uh, Toyota Stadium. So, yes, I completely agree. Garrett's fault. So it's totally, not my totally. fault. All right. Yes. <laughs> I was afraid there. Time, yeah. <laughs> you can continue on. Yeah. Uh, don't don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll ruin it Wednesday. It was actually it was actually quite funny because I think Steve Davis then suggested that they should have a, have a parade. I'm assuming uh, making the joke back to – when the when the Mavericks planned out the parade when they were uh, uh, was it win, what, winning against the Heat the first time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's always always a little uh, jump in the gun there. And then I guess the other the other possible scapegoat could be uh, the the referee. It was a Villarreal. 
uh, was the referee, I believe. I'd have to go look it uh, up. I can tell you in the stands, in real time, it felt like all the calls were going SKC's way. Going back and watching, it felt a little bit less lopsided, but uh, um, I mean, there definitely was. I mean, I don't, I don't have the exact stats in front of me from from a yellow card perspective, but it's got to be like seven to one or seven to two. Um, the as far as the number of yellow cards called between the the, the two different teams. So it looks like FC Dallas committed fourteen fouls to Kansas City's nine fouls, with six yellow cards going towards FC Dallas and. One yellow card going to um, SKC. It's interesting uh, that you bring that up about kind of the lopsidedness. Um, I guess that was something I didn't really notice during the game. Um, (laughs) Twitter being Twitter, you know, everyone (laughs) was on both sides of that argument. But you could definitely argue that some of the um, (laughs) dark arts, to borrow Lucci's phrase, uh, probably got on the referee's nerves and could have resulted in part of that 10 minute uh, extra time that we saw there and that's probably the most animated you've seen you saw peter vermees during that entire game was when that 10 minutes came up on the uh, fourth <laughs> officials board yeah he had to have a pullback coach for that so i uh, just quick fact check on myself it, the referee was armando villarreal so um yeah it, i d- watching it you did see like there were fouls that were very similar that would go be non-calls against F- whenever FC Dallas was on the receiving end. And then FC Dallas would do something similar and get a yellow card for it. Um, it it was frustrating, but, you know, we all know have, being fans, um, it's something that, that players have to play through, um, which is why I put it in the, like, the fake reasons why we, <laughs> um, why we lost. But, you know, it, you, I, I, I think... You got, you got to have a better performance than what uh, Villarreal had in that match. It just wasn't good enough of it for as a referee. Yeah, you, you could definitely see that uh, SKC was targeting both Shun and Paxton. For as far as you know, the poor Shun was getting beat up left and right in that match. Um, and uh, you know, you know Paxton too, which we haven't mentioned, right? Is you know one of the probably one of the big takeaways was you know Paxton walking off the field, right? And I know that uh, so we're recording on. On Monday, I think he went for an MRI today. Um, I think that uh, the, the initial word is that things are okay, but I don't think we've seen anything officially from the club. But you know, it's yeah, that it's, that came from Buzz Carrick, right, at thirty degree. Yeah, so I th- so I think it's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, Paxton's had this on again, off again issues with injury, and you can never really tell because you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, we've, we've talked to him, Dustin, right. And he's said, I'm hundred percent fine, ready to go. And then, you know, he'll, he'll be out two months. Right. He's, yeah. Next, another surgery. Right. So I think procedure. You know, he, he's always got the mentality of being, being ready to go. And so that's, you know, that's probably one of the, to me, one of the biggest concerning things coming out of this match was, um, you know, Paxson's health, whether or not, you know, he's going to be, you know, able to go on, on Wednesday night against uh, Seattle. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see and that. And, you know, we'll, I mean, maybe we'll talk a little bit about this, um, later on when we get to our upcoming matches, but there's how many matches in a row have we had pretty well, the same, this is the same squad almost that we've had several matches in a row and, you know, maybe it's time to start. We, we, it's good to get some repet, excuse me, some repetition and some some familiarity. But you know the schedule is coming hot and heavy, 
So how how might Lucci right. rotate? Yeah, I guess the good thing is it's a, for the most part it's a fairly young squad, right? And so those guys can probably put the miles on a little bit more than um, you know, maybe a veteran squad would be able to, but uh Lucci's also done a pretty good job of of rotating people too. Right. So you've seen him take advantage of the the five subs in almost every match, right? Rotating people out. Uh especially some of the the more offensive players we've seen rotate in and out. So yeah, uh but I true. think yeah. Paxton's probably the one and in, in I don't know if you guys have any ideas. So if you know the the front four have been consistent with uh Shun, Pepe, Paxton and and Jesus at the ten, right? So, you know, if 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 Paxton's gone, right, I think that Lucci's got a couple of options one is we've seen seen uh justin che who should be ready now uh play it right back and he could put uh tomasi right and push him up to the to the wing which we've seen i think one time before uh emma playing wing maybe twice um and then or the other option would be uh i guess to uh if if paxton's out you know uh obreon could start or uh or vargas could start on the other side from shown i don't know if you guys have any thoughts opinions on uh which way you think that lucci would go uh i i think it's if if paxton can't go it's back to obreon to the much to the dismay of us fans who like who don't like to watch players fall down all the time so i kind of like obreon as the the super sub obviously yes you've got to fill that spot somewhere i don't think that tomasi really did well i mean he did okay when he was playing uh, playing uh, wing. I can't remember which match that was, but uh, um, you're asking a lot from him from a you know from an offensive perspective. He's much more of a defensive player. Uh, to me, I'd like to see kind of Vargas take that take that starting spot and then let uh, Obreon come in as the the game changer speed when the when the opponent's a little bit more a little bit more worn out. Is this what what would we like or what would we what do we expect? Yes, I, I agree with you. I would like to see that. Uh, I expect to see Obreon. What would be the most logical or make the most sense? Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break real quick from FC Dallas. And there's some other action here in North Texas with North Texas SC. And this brings us to our Don't do Nico's 92-second check-in. That's Nico's NTSC where we, he... Spends 92 seconds checking in on North Texas SC. Nico, how are you ready? I am ready. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, start your your stopwatches and go. So North Texas SC is on a... Oh, no music. (laughs) North Texas... I spared you this time. (laughs) North Texas SC is on a five-game unbeaten streak now after playing USL League One newcomer North Carolina FC. Uh, down at Globe Life Park Stadium, Globe Life area. Oh, man. I, I miss a couple games and I forget the name of the stadium. My apologies, Garrett. They play um, ACT Stadium. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. But um, uh, honestly, a really strong and dominant performance by North Texas right there, getting the 4 four nothing win over North Carolina. Um, especially kind of after having it may be possibly a, a small slump in uh, performance with Khalil El Medkar really tearing up that league um, and showing his dominance and comf- comfortability playing with that team and 
having the ability to score. Uh, Kazu, who has been transitioned onto the wing, is really <laughs> finding a stride as a winger and scoring goals there, getting the second goal. And then uh, FC Alverca newcomer, uh, Gabriel, the same team that uh, Kaiser Gomez came from, getting his first goal and his first start in that game. Assisted by Derek Waldeck, might I add that, <laughs> made an amazing run from his own box up into the next box to assist Gabriel on that. So credit to Derek Waldeck on that. And then the fourth goal with Nicky Hernandez uh, converting the penalty um, where Gabriel was fouled. So really strong performance against from North Texas to put them in seventh place in the league standings at 22 points through 15 games. And just for kind of some context, there's the the table is pretty pretty tight in comparison to where North Texas is. So North Texas is currently sitting in seventh. Top six teams are making the playoffs. Um, with Toronto FC 2 being in 6th place on 23 points, so one point behind. Um, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, let, let, if North Texas were to win their next game, actually tomorrow, against Chattanooga, at Chattanooga, which is going to be a difficult game, Chattanooga being in 2nd place, um, let's say North Texas wins that game, they put them at 25 points, and assuming all the points stay the same, they'll have 25, and that puts them in 3rd. This is about as close as the the MLS West standings. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, North Texas is seven points behind first place and then 10 points away from 10th place or 12th place, which is last. So, um, and, you know, if you were to add, subtract three points, that puts them at what, 19th place and that could put them in 10th place. So there's a lot of, it's pretty tight when it comes to the middle of the pack. And it seems like North Texas is hitting a stride right now. So, I mean, they've got a really exciting team, lots of individual talent. I feel like you keep saying this every week. <laughs> we talk about this team and all my write-ups at thirddegree.net, but it's a lot of ind- individual talent, and they, they're really starting to kind of hit their stride in terms of this. So they, they, they do have two tough games, as I mentioned earlier, with tomorrow, Tuesday, um, traveling away to Chattanooga. That's going to be a rather difficult game for them. Um, and then coming this Saturday at 7 p.m., North Texas will be playing Ford Madison, their El Plastico rivals, at home again. Um, so it's actually Saturday's looking to be a uh, derby day for FC Dallas teams in general. North Texas against Ford Madison and FC Dallas at Houston. So <laughs> Saturday's, nice. Saturday's derby day. Yeah, well, so that was way longer than 92 seconds, but it was really good, so I just let you keep going, but I did want to gong you. (laughs) All right, time's up, Nico. That's why I moved to Michigan. You can't hit me. (laughs) No, that's good. Uh, uh, No scientists were hurt in the recording of this podcast. Yet. Uh, (laughs) uh, Quick quick suggestion. I think maybe if, if Kazu keeps on his run of playing really well, I think we should all show up to the stadium with kazoos and like just instead of, you know, the, the, oh, the Vuvuzelas, we just make a bunch of kazoo noises to celebrate our Brazilian player. What do you guys think about that idea? It's honestly an interesting idea. FC Dallas marketing. <laughs> uh, there you go. You can get on on that on game day, game day atmosphere marketing. You might have just given Garrett. And Matt Denny, an idea. <laughs> right. We'll have to let him know to listen to the pod so that um, we, if kazoos show up at Globe Life Park or what, what is it, Globe Life? Yes. Globe Life now Park. you've got me wondering. Globe Life Park. 
if Kazoo show up there, we we will now know that Denny and and Melser both listen to the podcast, which I think is better than uh, <laughs> Eddie's idea of hashtag get Matt Denny find. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that hashtag, Eddie. All right. Uh, anything else about North Texas before we move on to this upcoming week, rest of the weekend? Yeah, watch them tomorrow. Take on Chattanooga FC on ESPN Plus. Or if we have any Canadian listeners, you can watch it for free on YouTube. But only if you live in Canada, right? Wink, wink. I will not say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're practically Canada, right? Up there in Michigan? Yeah, I, that's like for- a, what, hour and a half drive to the border? So. Michigan, it's like Canada. Not really. It's the new, new, new uh, <laughs> state slogan. <laughs> what? All right. Uh, moving on to the <laughs> the rest of the FC Dallas week. They got a, a two two games before we record again. Uh, first one midweek against Seattle, and then Saturday at evening they're traveling down to Houston for uh, another. Uh, of the installments where they will battle for El Capitan. Um, let's start with, with the Seattle match. We we did talk a little bit already about some of the, the players coming back for FC Dallas. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Seattle and kind of their form coming into the match. Um, the, their, their past couple of matches they've had, they've also been in the league's cup. Um, they, they've played T grace. They actually beat them three to nil as, as opposed to uh, sporting Kansas city who just kind of turned over and lost six to one against Lyon. Uh, but um, prior to that, they had that match against FC Dallas and uh, which they drew. And then last evening, so Sunday, Sunday evening, they, they traveled to Portland and completely walloped them six to two. So, um, in the, in their last five, that makes, that means that they've got, um, or last six, they've got two wins, three losses and one draw. So kind of a mixed bag from Seattle in this point in the city, in the stadium, in this season. Um, but yeah, so let me ask this, um, Jonathan Hedges is coming back from injury. Justin and Chase, Justin Chase also may be back midweek. Um, do you do you rest anybody on that back line? Uh, yeah, I think that Hedges is probably going to get rested. I think that uh, Hedges went, you know, 100 minutes in the last match. It was his first start in quite a while. I'd expect Brisson to take that spot back. Um, but I don't think that I'm going to see I – don't, I don't know if I'd see any other uh, changes on the back line. Um, so you think it's Hollingshead and Tafari and Brisson and Justin Che? I say Tomasi. I think. I think Tomasi. Yeah, I think Che stays on the on the bench for that match. Okay. Do you uh, agree oh, or yeah, disagree? Right. Nico's looking um, perplexed. I am looking perplexed. I don't want to misquote Lucci, so whatever I say, do not attribute attribute it to Lucci. But I want to say that. Um, Che's availability for Seattle's game is still questionable. The last, if I remember Lucci correctly, but don't quote me or Lucci on that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think today was supposed to be his first day of full I, practice. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the plan was for Che to return back to practice and be fully involved, but it's all kind of dependent on how the progression. For me, I, it's a good question. I 
may you maybe see um Martinez because Martinez has been on the bench uh for this last game but it's kind of a good point I it's kind of for me it kind of comes down to one of those coaching things where you've seen it with Lucci and Oscar where it's Lucci is very much of a coach where um it kind of hey if you perform in practice you get rewarded with playtime so not necessarily saying that oh, okay hedges will be benched i mean playing 100 minutes is difficult on his first full start back um but i mean in in all honesty it really comes down to kind of how cuz i think we're in agreement here that Nkosi Tafari is a lock as the other center back so it really kind of comes down to who's how do Hedges, Martinez, and Brisson all compete against can, each other for playtime. Can you imagine that at the beginning of the season that we'd all be talking that uh, <laughs> to, of, of of the people that are part of this uh, are, are are you know very experienced experienced center backs between uh, you know Brisson, Hedges, and Martinez that it'd be Tafari that would be the lock. Uh, it's, yeah, I'd never. Tafari is the is the is a lock. Is words I'd never thought I'd hear, uh, but it's the beauty of MLS. You, you love to see it. You love to see it. Oh, so no, I would agree. I think Tafari is a lock, and I think that uh, uh, I think had just had a pretty good game. But if you if you watched him the last 10, 15 minutes, he was he was gassed. Right? He was he 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 gave it all his all for SKC. So I think that. I mean, you don't you don't want to push somebody like that for two matches in a row. I, I see no reason why uh, Lucci wouldn't bring Brisson back on, who's I mean, was really only missing the the match because of yellow card accumulation, not because of health or performance. Um, so I'd be I'd almost be surprised if he didn't rotate Hedges out and put Brisson back in for this match. For that match, I'm just very much interested in how the how the back line is going to shut down. Seattle's attack after <laughs> after that Cascadia Cup against Portland game. Wait, My goodness! Did you did you watch did you watch that? I it was, did it was, watch that game. It was game. all My all, goodness! Three of three of the last four <laughs> goals were 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 free kicks too, right? Uh, which is something that the FC Dallas has not done particularly well with this season, uh, both corners or or kind of uh, you know set pieces, you know free kicks in front of the goal. So, just a clarification point: Are you saying? Their FC Dallas is not good at scoring free kicks opportunities, Man, or are they not good not at good at not giving them. up? Okay. Yes. Yes. Why not uh, both? Well, nah, actually, that's my the joke. answer is probably <laughs> the answer is probably both. They've been very inc- inconsistent from a scoring perspective too. But um, yeah, that was uh, quite the display that they that Seattle put upon Portland. It was uh, actually kind of kind of fun match to to watch, and and I know that Seattle probably much like SKC. Um, probably feels like that match, the the points uh, that they lost at home against FC Dallas were stolen, um, and in some ways they kind of were. Uh, it was that was a, a game where FC Dallas got a point kind of against the run of play, and so I expect they're going to come into to Toyota Stadium expecting a win, right? Or not maybe not expecting a win, but pushing for a win, right? I don't I don't expect that Seattle's going to sit back and try to play for a draw. So then I pose the question to you both of you I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the sporting Kansas City like if you take the two games uh, as a step back it results you can't really complain three points from those two games 
would that same reasoning or logic apply to you if, say, Seattle did come away with a win at home? So that means FC Dallas got a point. Uh, if you want to think about FC Dallas getting a draw at home and then losing in Seattle, would would you be comfortable with that same logic applying, or is this a different case for this game? Case. I think it's a yeah. different case. I, I think one point out of two games versus three points out of two games is a big difference. So I, I mean, I, I think that you know FC Dallas. I mean, look looking forward, right? They've got they've got this match, and then they've got two on the road against you know Houston and Austin. They've they have to pick up points across these matches um, because the the schedule just gets a lot tougher going forward. So, uh, I mean, they've, I mean, preferably we'll get three points, right? But at minimum, they got to at least get a point against Seattle at home. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get at least get a draw. And plus, I want nothing more than to hear the audible Casey Keller tears. Um, I might just like go look out if they were able to get a draw or a win. I might seek out the Seattle, um, the Seattle broadcast audio just to just to kind of listen to the tears. Now, whatever makes whatever makes you happy, Dustin. If, that's what this pod other, is about. We're we're about making right. everyone happy, Hap- happening, happy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's happening on this pod. I'll put that's that on sure. the cold open list. There you go about making everybody happening all right uh so then after that let's let's do this um prediction time win lose or draw nico we won't even make you do like a a scoreline prediction win lose or draw i i I think i'd rather just go back and do a night shift at the lab and then just check thursday morning okay so win then so nico Um, is doing a lab night shift so the fc dallas is gonna win (laughs) <laughs> yep, uh, Jonathan. I mean, it's, it's obvious. If, I mean, if Nico's not going to watch, then FC Dallas will win. But no, man, I it it's going to be a tough matchup. I'm, I'm going to go for a, a draw at home. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. I think it's going to be um, a fairly low scoring draw. So, uh, all right. So now moving on to, I would hope for a high scoring draw. You know, just. Let's go all out. Five, Let's go five. six. Five, five, six, okay. six, six. Even better. That's right. You know, Pepe <laughs> with two hat tricks right there. <laughs> Scoring with like head, both feet, both shoulders, and I don't know, his bum. I, I, think I thought Jimmy Maurer was going to catch uh, catch their keeper off the line and get a goal. Oh, yes, Jimmy Maurer with the late, late, last minute bicycle kick from outside the penalty box. <laughs> there we go. All for the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside, I do think uh, Pepe getting Pepe some goals is is like one of the keys for the match. Matt, he's kind of been a couple games without it. Uh, I heard some 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 folks say that uh, you know his demeanor and and kind of like the way he was carrying himself before the match was against Kansas City was just kind of off from uh, what they've seen going like with the kind of the pregame hype from other matches. So. Um, I'd love to just, I think getting Pepe involved and Pepe scoring is going to be um, key to getting any kind of momentum back for FC Dallas. And, uh, you know, he's he's had some success against Seattle, right? Yes, he has. Okay. Now, if really, we're really going to talk about Houston now for reals, y'all. Um, so FC Dallas will be traveling down past the I-45 Buckies on into Houston. Um, hopefully they don't have to stay there too long. But uh, Houston's 
they're just not good right now. Uh, I was looking at their their record and what they've been doing um, lately, and I, they they haven't won since May twenty second. So that's that's a long time without a win. Uh, and so you're saying so, FDLs can be a streak breaker. <laughs> is is will Nico be in the lab? No, no, it's a weekend. No, he's off. Okay. Well, I actually might be busy this Saturday doing we stuff. We will be. Oh John no, the, because I'll be watching North Texas. That's right. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> well, Jonathan, you, you and I will be uh, on the FC Dallas radio booth again, and we are undefeated. That's right. So our streak is is in jeopardy here too, as well. It's all lining up perfectly. Yeah, some there's a, you know, there could be, I don't know. It's it's going to be chaos. Um. Yeah, recently Houston has lost 3-2 to Austin, 0-2 to Minnesota, 0-3 to Colorado. They've got RS, they're traveling to Real Salt Lake midweek. So, they're going to go play midweek in the in the altitude and then come back to the stinkitude and FC Dallas that might play in FC Dallas's favor because they don't have to travel, they don't have to travel for their midweek game. So, um you know, I don't look. It's kind of hard to look on to, to Houston, given that they're such a big opponent midweek. But what are you guys expecting out of the Houston match on Sunday, Saturday? I, I only take one game at a time. Um, I'm, not even, <laughs> I'm not even thinking about Houston. It's a uh, you know, professional it's, that Jonathan it, it, That's right. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we just need to get past Seattle and then uh, obviously defeat Houston because they suck. Good answer. All right. Jonathan has taken the media training uh, afforded to all players. So I, I did. I did sneak in my. Uh, what's 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 interesting is that I I feel more confident about FC Dallas going to Houston and getting three points than I do about getting three points at home against Seattle. So I'm going to go for uh, the the tie at home and then three points away. Nico, any expectations for the Houston match? Oh, I have plenty of expectations. You know want a good game stuff that we can talk about on the pod stuff that yeah as the media you just want to be entertained <laughs> what, oh what's that movie Three thousand. Three thousand. sorry 300 300 sorry Are history buffs the 30 the 30 <laughs> some multiple of three um isn't there a movie called three too yeah it's about <laughs> dale earnhardt <laughs> wow this this pod's a mess i'm sorry guys you know, at this at this point, I, you should just send all the hate tweets and disgruntledness towards towards me on Twitter. It'll motivate me. This is is this a shameless attempt to try to get more followers? Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's clever. It's like any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> if you hate what um, you hear, send a t- send a tweet to <laughs> at Nico. <laughs> so true. Uh, no, so, I'm, I'm. I think if you're an FC Dallas fan, um, you definitely want a competitive game. It's it's a derby. It's your rival. Uh, you gotta want three points. You gotta get El Capitan back. I mean, when Reggie was here, that there was that nice little bit with Reggie Cannon and El Capitan, the cannon. He turns so. the corner and there's another cannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, do it for Reggie Cannon's sake. So, there you go. Yeah, I uh, I think the one thing that we do have to remember is that it is an away match, um, and so. Historically, those haven't gone very well for Lucci. Uh, I surprise, 
we we had one win recently, so there's a streak breaker. But you know, if you're going to look on in, in, in on the whole, <laughs> um, FC Dallas not not so great on the road. Now that being said, Houston's not great, um, and it is a very winnable game, and it's one that FC Dallas really kind of needs to win. I, and I think they will. I think they'll they'll walk away. Uh, but I do think that if a Rudy plays, he might try to get some revenge and he might make some FC Dallas fans a little, uh, little nervous. That's, that seems to be the trend with ex players coming back and, and haunting FC Dallas a little bit. And that's kind of far into the, into the season. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Rudy's slowed down by now. I don't, has he run out of matcha in Houston? He may, he may have. I do know in, in the last match, what was, it, was Houston versus it's Colorado? Mate. Mate. Not matcha. matcha. It's mate. <laughs> matcha. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Jonathan's looking at us like, are you done? It doesn't have a fact check for you. Uh, oh. Actually. Oh, yeah? Just so you know, in the last match, too, uh, uh, between Houston and Colorado, it was a couple of ex-FC Dallas players scoring against each other. So Fafa versus uh, versus Mikey. Uh, unfortunately for uh, for Houston, oh so sad face. Uh, they lost three to one. Oh, did I get it wrong earlier? I, I think I might have said three to zero. I, th- I, th- I think you may have, and that's probably just hopeful thinking. Um, yeah, well, that's that's why I keep you guys around. Uh, you're those smart guys. I'm. I, I should also let you know that, like as I as I met Austin FC players, uh, sorry players fans at the match uh, against FC Dallas, I would walk up and I'd shake their hands and I'd just say, "Thank you for beating Houston." <laughs> nice. That, that was that was my opening line. There you go. Hey, get a fine common ground. That's right. Houston hate. Well, uh, hopefully FC Dallas can take care of business in Houston, maybe even against Seattle in midweek. We shall find out next time we talk. You can find, uh, you can listen to Jonathan and I on FC Dallas Radio um, on Saturday night before and after the Houston match. That's on your Mixler app uh, or fcdallas.com's slash radio i think or broadcast i have to go i'll i'll post a link the link on twitter which you can find us at at dallas soccer show on twitter we're also online at dallas soccer show.com and the striker texas.com if you liked what you heard in this episode for some reason um you can hit that subscribe button in your app then you don't have to worry about uh, when the next one will come and when we record it it'll show up on your phone ready to listen um and and you can uh, have some good good times with us. Uh, for Jonathan Roz, for Nico Mendez, thank you so much for listening.